So, it's something that I really wanted to talk about. And I don't know about you guys, but I always wanted to do this. You know, you, either you're listening to them on the radio station, or um, you get one Hawaiian who think you're really Hawaiian, and they give you guys this. So the Hawaiian word of the day is, so I wanted to be that guy one day for say, so the Hawaiian word of the day is, so here we are, it's my chance. Hawaiian, it's not your turn, relax. So the Hawaiian word of the day today is, pay attention Hawaiian, check the screen. Here we go. Po'opa. Hawaiian guys wrong already. It's po'opa'akiki. See all the corrections. Thank you, Kupunas. Mahalo for correcting me too, because I have to look again twice. Okay, check this out. Hawaiians, what's the definition of po'opa'akiki? Okay, the regular people can too. You're not Hawaiian, you're not Hawaiian. Go ahead. So, the definition is hard head. Yeah, now you can talk. That's you. Your hard head. <laughs> the reason why I wanted to talk about this word hard head, and I'm pretty sure that we can all relate to being what? Hard head. Or the Hawaiian word is what? Popa kiki. It's because it really has a lot to do with today's message. Okay? <laughs> so now that everybody understands that, we're all on the same page. Some of us smiling, some of us don't feel so alone because we all hard head. We can get into this message together. Amen? Amen. All right. So we will continue. We are in the book of, of Mark. We are an expository church. Basically, simple language. We'll go through one book. We'll go verse by verse. And the way I see them is so I can understand better. You got that? All right. So today we'll be looking at the book of, um, out of the gospel of Mark. And my sermon today is entitled... Trying to keep on Hawaiian. And if, you, if you're not, I'm not racist. Bombay, you learn. <laughs> Thank you, you said that. Because the next part to that is, hopefully not too late. Yeah? No, but in all realness today, the, the sermon is entitled, Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So for some of you who don't know, and you're like me, we're in public school. We don't know what blasphemy is. I will learn through my studies that blasphemy is actually two things. One, blasphemy can be what we looked at as um, verbally. And you can see that in the text. So, give me a small illustration. So, pre-Christ, before I came to really know Christ and have a sincere relationship with Christ, um, I was dropping all kind of stuff and saying all kind of stuff to Christ that I shouldn't have said. Okay? That one, for, that one, you know, that one God give grace, you know, okay, we forgive you because you never know any better. But the next one, at least the one, we got to rock your world, Hawaiians, we got to rock you guys' hearts today. We have to. We never come here for here, nothing fake, right? Came here for here, what's real, because that's the stuff that's going to help us change our lives. <clears throat> so the next one is, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, that we're going to talk about, is when you're actually to the point where you're rejecting God. God keep calling you, stick, 
you know, is talking to you. And I'm really giving you a little bit more information than I should be, but I'll make sure that we're all on the same page before we dive into the text. Can? All right. <laughs> why, couldn't, why couldn't it be Oscar? Nah, 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 nah. That's for Carl Zeke now. That's for Carl Zeke. So, could I please, everybody, please stand up together as one ohana. And we are in the book of Mark, chapter 3, verse 22 to 30. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Bezalel, and by the prince of demons he casts out the demons. And he called them and said to them in parables or in stories, He says, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. 25 says, And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man. And whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemies, blasphemies against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness. But is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying he was unclean. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we pray that you will bring clarity. That it will be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and God's honor said. You may be seated. So today, well, I never planned them out to be that way. So today we get three points. Hopefully not too long. Please don't check your scores if the game is on. Please pay attention. Ken. All right. No big. Hot aid. How want you say check the scores. Yeah. But check this out. So our first point is, we think we can fix our own sin. We think we can fix our own sin. Because of our flesh, we have a sin-filled nature. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because of the fall of man, I want to make sure that we're clear on this text, on this scripture. Because of the fall of man, well, you know, we go back to Genesis. Get Adam. Everybody say Adam. Adam. Say mahalo for the sin that I carry today. Come on, stop putting the blame on Adam. <laughs> just playing, just playing. I do that too. Sometimes I go to cheat and I'd be like, Adam, come on, man. If you never, nah. But it is what it is. Amen? But he goes on to say, so for all the sin and fall short of the glory of God, no man is exempt from this. We all struggle. We all go through this. Okay? Everybody sins. So this is what I say. Man up. Man up to your sins. You know? This is the part where I always think when I think to this part, everybody sins. Some of us take sin. Ah, I say casually. And I can only assume that you're not, you're here today because you're not taking sin casually. That you're trying to, 
get that relationship with God and make things porno. Amen? That's the reason why I come, you know. Okay. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20 says, Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Because of the desires of our heart, because of sin, because that sin is part of our sin-filled nature, I'm pretty sure that you can relate to this. Majority of things that go on in your heart is not so godly. Because we live in a fallen world, we choose to actually do sin versus following a righteous and loving God. <clears throat> Call mine. Matthew 6, verse 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you value, do you value God? Proverbs 3, 5 to 8, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not some, but all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And this type of fear, it's not that puiva kind of fear. It's not that be scared. Your mother, your father, those who raised you in your life, you respect them. So it's, it's really actually that reverence type of fear. Yeah. Respect or fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It would be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So I want to I wanna talk about, uh, I want to tell you a story that's in the Bible. And um, in this story, the point that I want to talk about, and I want you to keep this in mind while I'm telling you the story, is the consequences of our sin. Okay? So I want to talk about David. I won't assume all of you read your Bible. I won't assume all of you know David. But this particular David that I'm talking about is the same David as they say David and Goliath. When you think about that, you think about the small brother who took on the big brother. Right? Well, it's the same David that we're talking about. At this point that I'm talking about David, David eventually becomes a king. And um, so in 2 Samuel... Chapter 11, verse 2. I'm just going to paraphrase this whole thing for you guys. So I pray that you give me grace because the thing is super long. And I had a super long week. And I'm asking God, God, do for me what I cannot do for myself and help me bring back to remembrance your word. So here we go. I'm going to give this a shot. So David got up early one morning. Um, David got up, he called him away. He showed up late in the afternoon. They would probably say anywhere, probably between 4 or 5, 5.30-ish, we'll still get some light. And um, so David was strolling on his rooftop, cruising the palace. Why? Because David can. So as David was cruising, he was looking over, and the Hawaiian see one sister. Tito was taking a shower. She went, oh, oh. And Brown was like, like, and you know what happened then? Okay? So David. So David, after checking out the sister, he go back, 
because he's the king, because he can, he turned around and he told one of his messages. Owen, we'll find out who this cheat. We'll find out who this is. So he come back and then he finds this out. That her name is Bathsheba. She's the daughter of Iliam. And she also is married to a brother named Uriah. The Hittite. So, even after all of this, even after finding out who she was, even after finding out she was married, <laughs> he still would send for her. She came. You know it is. He the king. You know what happens. She sleep with him. Not long after, Popeye, she Popeye. Now, yeah, oh, oh, he's right. Yeah. Now, David, we're talking about consequences of sin. <laughs> you know what's going through David's mind, eh? Let me, let me just add this stuff now. David was a man that was called to be a man after God's own heart. David, who played music. The same David, you read all of his psalms, thank you, and all the, you know, the beautiful poetic words that he sang to the Lord. It's the same brother, okay? But even after knowing all of this, she's pregnant. What do you think going to happen next? So, David tries to cover his whole thing up, okay? And this is how he does it. So I was going to read this part to you guys right now, because this part right now, I got to talk to you guys about this brother she was married to, man. This guy that she was married to, bro, I don't know about you guys, but I define my love based upon one word, loyalty and honor. And listen to what they talk about as describing Uriah. So in 2 Samuel 11, 6 to 13, he says, so David sent word. Oh, he called him, he called him. Bottom line. Yeah, bring him back to remembrance. So Uriah, Uriah came. He came back. There was that war. And he was out, you know, doing the, the honorable thing. We would say fighting for his country. Well, that's pretty much what he was doing. That's what he was called to do. So Uriah comes back. So David, David tried, you know, cover up his sin. So he tried to make, he tried to make Uriah go, go back to the house, go sleep with the wife. Then after that, you know what can happen? Huh? Oh, you made him pregnant. That's your kid. So now he's thinking he's going to get away from the whole story. Well, that's not, that's not true because Uriah is an honorable guy. You know? So what Uriah does is he goes to the party. He goes to where everybody's at. But what he doesn't do, he doesn't go home. He doesn't enter his home. He doesn't sleep in his home. He doesn't sleep with his wife. He sleeps every place but with his wife. And now David is tripping because this brother not going home. And he cannot throw his sins on top of Uriah. That makes sense, honey. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Lord. But in this whole thing, we see sin trying to cover up sin. Okay? And we see the consequences of sin. 
But because Uriah never fought for his whole plan of David's, if you want to say. In 2 Samuel 11, 6-13. Now here's how I'm trying to cover up more sin. David goes, So David went, David sent word to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked how, how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went out on the king's house, and they were followed, there he followed him a present from the king. Verse 9, But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all of the servants of his lord, and did not go down to his house. When they told David, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, you got to hear this, Hoynes. Mr. Honorable, he says, The ark and Israel and Judea dwell in booths. And my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are campaigning in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As you live, as your souls live, I will not do this thing. Man, what a prime example. Verse 12, then David said to Uriah, remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. And David invited him, and he ate in his presence and drank, so that he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his Lord. But he did not go down to his house. David sends, sends for Uriah to head. When he sends for Uriah again, now David's coming up with more sin upon sin upon sin. So we see the adultery part. We see the lying part. We see David trying to, you know, hey, get this guy for be here and be there and let all of these things happen. Forget me out of the clear if you wanted to say. Then he says, he tries to fix everything, and this is what's happening. He now becomes an adulterer. He now becomes a liar. And the next part, he calls for Uriah. As you know, Uriah was in the war, in a, in a battle, and he calls for Uriah. Right in the midst of the battle, he talks to, to, the, to the army, and he tells the guys to pull back. Why? So now Uriah going to face what? Death. So now he's an adulterer, he's a liar, and he's a murderer. But I'll come back to this story. Here's the reality truth. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is any sin that a person clings to by continually Resisting the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Here's our second point. Sin divides us or divided us from God. In verse 27, as we look back to the text, and back in Mark, 
says, but no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Now how does, this, how does sin affect your life, your heart, and your household? Isaiah 59, 2. But your inequities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. You know, there's, I've experienced twice in my life I'm sure it can get a lot more intense. But I've experienced what I say, separation from God. And that separation from God, the best way that I can explain it to you folks is I felt like when, you know, you know my story, when I felt like almost two years through all my praying and, and all, asking God, you know, for all of these answers to all of these questions I had, I felt like God wasn't speaking. Through that experience and a, and a different experience, for me, that is worse than any marriage separation, than any death of anybody that I would love or anything. is separation from God. Not being able to hear God. As I've learned, there's something good when you're not here. You know why? When you're not here, you seek more. And the bottom line is, he God. He don't like to talk to you. He don't need to talk to you. But when you're ready for talk to you, let me tell you this. You're going to be ready for listen. That's always the case. So I want to give you two truths. Here's the two truths. Sin is not following God. Jeremiah 5.25 says, your inequities have turned these away, and your sins have kept good from you. Hebrews 10.26 says, For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. There's a reality truth. Choosing sin is choosing to be separated from God. Choosing sin is choosing to be separated from God. I can be a little bit more transparent with you guys. Choosing sin over God is spitting in God's face. It's telling God, God, you're not enough. You know more job, government going through whatever they're going through. Hawaiians, check this out. Everybody going through them. Man up. Call on the one, that only the one who can, not only, you're not going to just fix your problem. Your problem is not that you don't have more money. Our problem, our, look here, me first. Our problem is our heart. It's a heart issue. It's not a kala issue. It's not a money issue. It's not a government issue. It's a heart issue. Instead of focusing on what they're not doing, Ohana, then why don't we, as God's Ohana, choose to pray for them? 
Why don't we choose to love them in such a way that only God would? Pray for them, not talk about them. Let's not focus on what they're not doing. Let's focus on what God has done on the cross. Keep your eye on the cross, Hawaiians, because if your eye is not on the cross and you're looking down here, you know what you get? Problems. You know what problems bring? Sin. And like David, if we're not careful, we're going to power one sin on top of the next sin, on top of the next sin. Till we separate it from God, no can hear from God, and then He got to break us down. But breaking down is not bad. Breakdown is okay. Breakdown is good for the build-up, for a breakthrough. If it's dependent on God. Here's our second truth. Sin leads us to destruction. James 1, 14 to 15. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Death. 